by sharing it and see how they feel about it. Good evening, everybody. I would like to call the meeting to order. Could you please um, turn your mic on? Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to COG for November 2nd, 2022. Um, let's call the meeting to order at 5.30. Let's do the Pledge of Allegiance, please. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, next we move on to consent agenda. Is there anybody public or on the council or staff that would like to pull anything off the consent agenda? Vice Mayor Rolio, staff would like to pull an item. What item would that be? 7B, please. 7B. Okay, does anybody else want to pull anything? Staff? Anybody in the audience? Public? If not, I would look for a motion to approve 1 through 6 and 7A. So moved. Second. All in favor, say aye. 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 Anybody opposed? Same sign. Melissa, you're up for 7B. Thank you, Vice Mayor I, I wanted to pull this item to highlight oh. the state of, has announced their recommendation for the active transportation program grant awards. Um, and the Pope Street project is slated to receive $9.8 million. Um, this is huge for CalPERS and specifically uh, the San Andreas community. And I'm so excited. Um, I'd like to congratulate Supervisor Topinelli, and I would like to thank the Dewberry team, specifically Rebecca Nealon and Amber Collins. Um, really appreciate all your work on this um, and your dedication in applying and revising um, these applications, and I'm super excited. Thank you very much. Thank you, Melissa. Is there anybody else with comments on this item? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to have a comment. And I want to thank, uh, we have uh, public work staff in here, uh, Dave, uh, Robert, Kelly, and Melissa, and Cog, uh, Callie, and Aaron, and Amber that was there. This has been coming for a long, worked on for a long time, a long time coming. And I want to appreciate all the hard work over the many years we've been trying to get this done. And um, congratulations to you guys also for um, the amount of money we got and the work that's going to be coming and get done. So thank you very much. Anybody with any public comment or any comment from staff, council? If not, I would look for a motion to approve 7B at this point. Second. First and a second. All in favor say aye. 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 Anybody <clears throat> opposed, same sign. Passes. Next we move on to regular agenda, item number eight, public comment. Five minutes per person. Comments shall be limited to items that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the council and not the posted agenda, government code section 5494.3A. Is there anybody with public comment in the room or online? No. The great Erin is shaking her head no. And Callie? Okay. 
Hearing none, see I will close public comment and move on to item number nine, Caltrans verbal report. And I see Marlon. 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 Good evening, Marlon. Good evening, Mr. Chair. Good evening, board members. Um, Madam Director, appreciate the time. I'll be brief. Um, first of all, I do also want to congratulate Calvary County um, for the ATP recommendation for cycle six. Um, it's a very huge deal, and uh, we're very happy that the Pope Street and Safe Routes School Project in San Andreas is projected to be funded, and we're hoping for the finalized good news at the next uh, California Transportation Commission meeting on December 7th or 8th. Um, so congrats to Calgary's County. And I also want to acknowledge, that, um, acknowledge our partners in Tuolumne County as well that have received funding um, for their ATP project proposals as well. So it's really great news for the rural counties. Um, and we're very much happy about the augmentation and hopefully this will be the start of a successful implementation for active transportation projects. Um, I do have some other um, items I would like to mention for the board tonight. Um, one of them being the, well, I'll, I'll start with um, other federal funding opportunities. Um, FHWA has re released a call for applications for the Culver Aquatic Organism Passage for Grants Program. And, and they're calling this AOP grant, but this is uh, basically going to be awarded on a competitive basis for projects um, considering replacement, removal, and repair of culverts or wares that meaningfully restore or improve passage for anadromous fish. So, um, anyhow, this is eligible for state, local, tribal governments, as well as regional agencies. Um, the closing date for this funding opportunity is February 6th of next year. Um, if you'd like more information on that, I can definitely provide that. And it's also on the federal grants.gov website. Um, there's also a campaign going on um, for FTA, um, which is uh, Stop Trains Can't, which is another safety campaign. And this is going until December 14th for rail safety awareness for rail grade crossings. You'll see that. Um, around the region. Um, Caltrans is also supporting that message. Uh, we all are also supporting um, Native American Heritage Month um, and we will be holding some um, events in our district office and listening sessions as well to commemorate um, the Native American Heritage Month. Also want to um, share the USDOT Thriving Communities Program funding opportunity. This is actually a $30 million collaboration between USDOT and US Department of Housing, the HUD, um, to help communities um, bring infrastructure funding. Um, and this is also part of the bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, so again, $30 million available. This is eligible. Um, applications are open until the 22nd of this month. So basically 20 days from now. Um, this is also on the grants.gov website and I'm happy to share any information on that. Um, we will be holding also Caltrans, um, moving on to Caltrans, um, we will be holding um, some workshops for our adaptation planning grant. Um, this will be actually in December. We don't have um, some 
dates particular for you, but we're going to be hosting some District 10 specific workshops. Um, Melissa, I'll get that information to you as soon as I get it. So just I'll be on the lookout for that. Um, also want to mention, and I'm very happy to mention as part of our Clean California program, we are hosting free dump days in Calaveras County. Our next one will be our first one will be on Saturday. This is not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday, the 12th. Um, this is going to be at the West Point Caltrans yard off of Highway 26 from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. And it is free, free to dump uh, things that you don't want, but we're, we're specifically not accepting, and I want to just make sure that you guys are aware, we're not accepting household trash, hazardous waste, electronic waste, green yard waste, and bulky items such as furniture, chairs, tables, and concrete and demolition materials. So um, we have all this on our Clean California website as well. Um, I, we are we are accepting tires, uh, appliances, and mattresses, but I did want to be clear about the things that were not because in previous dump days we have gotten some things that were not allowed to be dumped. So um, we have other dump days scheduled in the county as well. Um, this is just the first one on the 12th, but we have another one the next, the following Saturday on the 19th of November at Hazel Fisher School. This is in Arnold. We have one in December 10th, actually at the Government Center where the board is right now, um, Mountain Ranch Road. We also have one, three of them in January coming up at one at the fairgrounds on the 14th. Um, and we have one on the 21st. We haven't determined the location, but that will be in Valley Springs. And we have another one proposed on the 26th in Copperopolis. So we've got a couple coming up. We're very happy about We're very thankful for the coordination from the county. Um, we have our contact, Sam Sherman, but I encourage you to reach out if you have any questions. Uh, reach out to Jennifer Cassie. Um, she will be the most appropriate contact. Um, finally, I'd like to just leave you guys with some regional um, planning things. Uh, well, this is more for Melissa, but uh, we did receive the uh, overall, overall work program amendment one, and we're waiting. So we're, we're awaiting feedback from you, and we look forward to the quarter one deliverables. Thank you so much, Melissa. And then local traffic advisories. We do have um, two traffic controls going on. One starting tomorrow on Route Four. This is from uh, Bonanza Mine Road to Appaloosa Road. Um, on the right side of the road, we're doing highway construction. Um, this is daytime work. So if you're out and about on Friday and Saturday, actually Thursday and Friday, um, we will be doing work on State Route 4. And also on Route 49, on the right side of the road, um, going towards the Amador El Dorado County line, we're gonna be doing work on Route 49, some striping work. This is also on Thursday and Friday in the daytime. So please be aware if you're in and around those areas, um, you should expect five to 10 minute delays. And obviously I'm sure you guys are all aware um, that Evans Pass has been closed due to the inclement weather, as well as the other mountain passes. And we'll, we will be monitoring the weather um, so we can try and open that up in a timely manner. Um, but all this information is on our Quick Map app, quickmap.ca.gov. It's also on um, Android and Apple 
Um, so please do take a look. Um, that concludes my comments. I'm happy to take any questions. And thanks again for the time, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much, Marlon. I appreciate it. The free the free dump days is that's an amazing thing to offer in our county. So thank you guys very much. Any other council? Yeah, Marlon, you you, know, you mentioned a number of things that we can't bring there. The public can't bring their dump. But I didn't hear you mention a car. Can I bring a junk car there? And we're accepting cars. You're not. Okay. Well. Thank you. But you may want to reach out to Jennifer regarding that. <laughs> okay. I'm curious, Marlon, if the weather improves, will they reopen Ebbets or is it done for the season? No, we, we are looking to open it again. Um, that's what I've heard from our maintenance team. So cool. Um, until I hear further notice, I think we're going to open it again. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Any staff, public comment, or any questions for him? Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Marlon. Thank you, Marlon. Okay, number nine. Uh, number 10, Calaveras County evacuation access needs assessment and pre preparedness plan presentation. And I think this is going to be Rebecca. No, it's me. Or no. Oh, hi. It's Aaron. <laughs> awesome. Um, so this presentation tonight is an informational item. It's an update on the Calaveras County um, Evacuation and Access Needs Preparedness Plan. Um, the COG was awarded a Caltrans Sustainable Planning Grant uh, to support and implement sustainable community strategies. And we awarded a professional services agreement in December of 21 to Dewberry Engineers. And we have John Houle, our project manager from Dewberry, who's going to give us his presentation now. Hi, John. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, Great to be here. Uh, good evening to the Calaveras Council of Governments Board. Uh, I'll dive right in. We'll keep this, try to keep this uh, fairly quick and, and leave some time for questions at the end. So as Aaron mentioned, my name is John Bull and I'm a project manager with Dewberry Engineers. Uh, I work with the uh, now fairly famous Rebecca Neron. Uh, so she, uh, uh, that, that was great to hear that ATP news earlier. Uh, I'm working on uh, with the uh, project Advisory Committee, which is a team of uh, local and national experts in transportation engineering, emergency response, disaster recovery, and resiliency to perform the assessments and prepare the, the plan. Uh, the Project Advisory Committee, or PAC, includes members from the Calaveras Council of Government, Calaveras County Public Works, and Office of Emergency Services, Angels Camp Planning, Police, and Fire, Caltrans planning, maintenance, and operations. All right. The um, goal of the project is to build resiliency in Calaveras County's transportation system from the impacts of catastrophic events and facilitate access to and from communities during and after these events. As I mentioned earlier, the ultimate product from this effort will be a preparedness plan that recommends infrastructure improvement projects and adaptation strategies based on resiliency benefits and community needs. To get there, we need to establish the existing conditions of the county's transportation system, evaluate potential hazard risks, identify vulnerable communities and infrastructure, and evaluate adaptation strategies, develop project concepts and alternatives, and outreach both to our stakeholders and the public. So putting all these pieces together, the individual elements and tasks of this project include 
uh, an existing conditions report. Uh, the existing conditions report describes community characteristics, highlights critical roads that could be used for evacuation, identifies the most frequent natural hazards occurring in the county, and includes future climate considerations. Topic cover, topics covered in this report, I'll, I'll go through them very quickly. It's environment, boundaries, communities, infrastructure, natural hazards, climate, and emergency planning documents, such as the County and City of Angels Camp General Plans, Flood Plans, Emergency Operation Plans. Next, uh, we perform climate event debrief interviews with public officials and first responders to document the challenges, constraints, successes, and lessons learned from previous events. Specifically, we interviewed the City of Angels Camp Fire Department and Mayor's Office the Calaveras County Offices of Emergency Services and Education, the Copperopolis Fire Protection District, and Caltrans's District 10 Offices of Planning and Maintenance. They shared their experiences during recent fire events and also described experiences with flooding, mudslides, and winter storms. During the interviews, three key themes emerged. One was evacuation. Participants identified vital roads and locations within the city and county it can be challenging during evacuations. They noted that the narrow infrastructure and limited access roads to subdivisions could cause traffic flow issues and slow emergency responders coming in and residents trying to go out. Another uh, key theme was coordination between responders. Participants discussed the benefits of mutual aid agreements and planning efforts, the importance of training and training frequency and opportunities to improve outreach to community members. Uh, third theme was communication with the community. The Calaveras Alert Emergency Notification Program was noted as the primary community communication system and the participants recommended supplementing this system with additional outreach, awareness, and actions that residents and tourists can take to be prepared. Next piece of the puzzle is the hazard, risk, and vulnerability assessment, which is being finalized now. This assessment considered each of the identi uh, identified potential hazards, the susceptibility of communities and transportation assets to those hazards, and identified high priority areas and assets for improving overall resiliency. Going into a little more detail, community vulnerabilities were analyzed as a function of exposure and sensitivity. Uh, exposure is the likelihood and degree of physical contact between a hazard and a community. Sensitivity refers to a community's ability to prepare for, respond to, and recover from those hazards. Uh, transportation assets were assessed um, based on the vulnerability of the individual assets, such as a road segment or a bridge, and to what degree those vulnerabilities impact the larger transportation network. We refer to that as criticality. So we looked at 18 indicators, such as wildfire severity, flood exposure, pavement structural conditions, traffic counts, detour distances, and other measures uh, to assess exposure, sensitivity, and criticality across 28 communities, or over 1,100 public land survey system sections, which is represented here, uh, across over 9,000 road segments and 105 bridges. So the results of this assessment will help focus our efforts on the next step, which is identifying priority corridors and establishing key considerations for evacuation plans. 
Uh, before I go into that next step, I want to circle back to our public outreach efforts, which have been and will be ongoing throughout the development of the preparedness plan. To do this, I asked Rebecca Nilan, she was a key developer of our public outreach component, to run through our efforts today. Rebecca, are you good? I'm good, thank you. And okay. I even remembered to unmute. Awesome. Success. So um, as John mentioned, I, I led up the community outreach um, component of this. You know, a key piece of the puzzle was this community outreach. We really needed to understand what the community's perspective was on evacuation needs. Um, so we created a website, calaverasready.com. That included a recording of our first public meeting um, and uh, some maps from our initial uh, study chapters, uh, a number of surveys. We had three focus surveys for different groups um, and links to other plans that are relevant within the county. You know, public workshop number one gave us a chance to introduce ourselves to the community um, and interested into the project and, and really what the goal of this plan is and then encourage participation throughout the process. The surveys gave us a chance to collect valuable information from, the, from three different groups. The first was the general community, then we also had first responders, and we had critical facilities, and they all have a different perspective on the needs, uh, evacuation needs. So the surveys were available um, from early July, and we extended them through the end of September. We advertised them with a flyer. Uh, that was distributed throughout the county. I attended a farmer's market in Angel's Camp, and then we had a lot of email solicitations, both to the, uh, the stakeholders, the PAC members, um, as well as individual groups that we thought would, would be beneficial, would, their input would be very beneficial. So the survey closed at the end of September. We had um, over 150 responses, and we're currently organizing those into our next um, next deliverable for the county. So thank you to everybody that participated in that survey. Um, so we'll talk more about our outreach efforts um, and the part the public will play in further developing the preparedness plan uh, later in the presentation. Yeah, thanks Rebecca. So uh, essentially what we've done to date, uh, this, this kind of represents what we've done to date uh, to answer the questions, what are we doing now? What are we doing next? I'll dive into that. We're going to identify priority corridors. We're going to evaluate investment and adaptation strategies. I like to think of these as the possible solutions to the problems we've identified. And then we will rank uh, our, and select our top five priority locations and propose conceptual designs in the form of project fact sheets for each location. I'll get into those in just a second here. So uh, priority corridors, um, as Rebecca is currently working on the priority corridors assessment, I'll ask her to run through this section as well. Rebecca? Yeah, thank you. So priority corridors has been a really interesting uh, aspect of this whole program. You know, I, it's pretty clear there's a few major highways, um, but I'm using a tool that uh, uses GPS location data through cell phones and vehicles, commercial vehicles, and it tracks where people are going. And so I can select uh, a location such as Arnold, and then the map will highlight where people from Arnold go. And so I can filter it out for trips over 100 miles. So if people from Arnold are leaving the county, which routes are they using? And you know we are very aware of the, the Caltrans highways, but there's a number of little local roads that are, are pretty popular for people leaving the county. So that tool was really useful for helping us identify some additional priority quarters we hadn't identified before. Um, so, um, 
Oh, and then with that, with, combined with that tool, all of the wonderful data we received from the, the community surveys, you can see one of the, the question responses here, which, which shows pretty heavily that the community uh, you know, understands Highway 4 is a really important priority corridor. So all of that is coming together to create um, you know, the next deliverable in the um, evacuation plan recommendation. And with that, I'll hand it back to John to talk about uh, investments and adaptation strategies. You bet, as you said, the next, that's sort of the next chapter in our book here. So <clears throat> we uh, will identify investment and adaptation strategies uh, for a number of locations identified in Rebecca's uh, assessment. We'll develop a menu of potential strategies to help address existing evacuation and response challenges. Uh, potential strategies could include physical, policy, operations, and maintenance measures. Uh, examples include constructing a barrier to prevent rockfall and debris, widening road and bridge choke points to better handle evacuations and access for responders, uh, placing evacuation route signs, providing evacuation training, techniques for improving coordination and communication between responders, or performing additional vegetation control along identified priority routes. So big projects, small projects, plans, and, and policy. Also, while we're defining the uh, investment and adaptation strategies, we'll be identifying various grants and other funding streams that could help fund the proposed improvements. Uh, funding opportunities will be evaluated based on requirements and eligibilities, available funding levels, timing, and how they align with our adaptation strategies. Recommendations for funding pursuits will be made and the potential to capture funding will help inform our decision making and ranking of priority locations and solutions. Uh, we'll hold another public workshop and push another outreach effort online to get public input in helping us narrow down our focus so that we have a single recommended strategy for each location uh, that we can move forward with. <clears throat> Excuse me. From there, we'll have our PAC membership. Again, our PAC is a team of public officials, first responders, and other stakeholders. We'll have our PAC membership review the locations identified in the previous step along with the potential solutions and funding pursuits and select the top five locations or efforts to move uh, uh, to move forward. For each of the top five locations, a conceptual solution to be implemented will be further developed by creating project fact sheets. These project fact sheets include an expanded project description, maps and layouts, typical sections. Uh, will also include site photos, cost estimates, expected challenges, and known delivery risks. These fact sheets will also recommend potential funding and grants to pursue and any project details or features that will enhance the likelihood of receiving those funds. Uh, so I'm hopefully driving home the point that we're going to align these projects and keep our focus on aligning these projects with available and likely funding opportunities and the associated program requirements. So all that leads to our preparedness plan. This will put all of these previous studies and assessments together in one document. We'll identify challenges Calaveras County has experienced when responding to natural hazards and will recommend implementing adaptation strategies for various elements of the transportation system. Our current schedule <clears throat> is to complete the preparedness plan. Uh, we're, we're identifying priority corridors and investment and adaptation strategies now. We'll hold a second public workshop later this year, this one in person, to review the outcomes of those efforts and discuss priority locations and project alternatives at those locations. 
Uh, we'll then work with the PAC to select the top five locations to propose potential design concept solutions. And all of this leads to a draft preparedness plan that we'll release in the spring of 2023. Uh, we'll also have a, a third public workshop uh, coinciding with that release and a final plan submitted to the Calaveras Council of Governments in May of 2023. Uh, my last slide, uh, I'd like to, you know, plans are great, but what about life beyond the plan? So our goal is to have a plan that documents uh, the community and stakeholder input, identifies priority projects, but also leads the COG, Calaveras County, Angels Camp, uh, to pursue and obtain various uh, program and grant funding, and of course, ultimately deliver priority projects to improve the resiliency of California County's, Calaveras County's transportation system, which is the goal of our, our plan. So with that, that's it for the, the slides. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And Rebecca and, I, and Aaron, I think we'll be happy to take any questions you have. Okay, thank you to the Dewberry staff and team. And is there any questions from council at the moment? Gary, you got it. Yeah, I, I have a question. If you can go back to slide number eight. Sorry about that. The, the, the debrief interviews. It, it, you don't have to put it up. I, I just have questions about it. We have paperwork in front of us that shows it. Okay. Um, you conducted debrief interviews and the participants were Copperopolis Fire Protection District. And I'm just curious as to why they were chosen when they're the far corner of the county, um, southern southwest corner of the county when most of these fires weren't in the area where they're at. Plus, the fire districts within the county, the nine districts, have formed a JPA. And, and I, it seems to me that it would be better to have some conversations with that entire JPA to get a, a more accurate debrief on what happened and what they see going forward needs to be done. Um, I think you need to reach out to that, those people and have that conversation with the entire districts. Um, the other, I'll, I'll get that information from uh, maybe I'll get that information from Aaron and, and we'll uh, make sure we reach out to them as well. Okay, and then these these community workshops that you have, are you saying those workshops were were like a Zoom meeting or were they in person? So our first uh, meeting was actually a recorded uh, public workshop introduced to the public, uh, first responders, critical facilities to our project, which is a preparedness plan. Um, our second project uh, workshop will be in person uh, because we want to bring some uh, visual aids, we want to talk to folks, we want to get feedback on our sort of proposed locations and, and uh, ideas of, of projects that could help, uh, essentially strategies to, uh, and, and solutions for those locations. We want to get feedback from the public on that. And then the third workshop will be essentially for releasing that draft plan. Uh, I don't know if we've thought hard and long 
long and hard enough about it yet to know whether we're going to do that with a you know a public workshop or uh, an online Zoom type of release. Uh, but we'll, that'll be something that the team will consider. Uh, in addition, as as Rebecca mentioned, she did also attend a farmers market uh, to to interact with some of the public there as well. The farmers market, okay. the farmers market in the city in Angels, or the farmers market in San Andreas. In Angels. Yeah. In Angels Camp. In Angels Camp. Uh, can I just say this? Uh, I, I'm looking at your priority areas, and I, I don't have a problem with those areas because of the what they're made up of with, with the forests and the dying trees and, and that type of thing. And if a fire does come, then we need evacuation routes and, and all of that, a preparedness plan for it, so we're prepared in the case that happens. But I, I will say this, don't forget about the western end of the county. In 2006, we had a major fire down in the Wallace-Person area and Valley Springs area that um, was going up canyons and burned down several structures. Um, and that fuel is back. Um, you can see it there this year. A lot of fuel is there. So just don't, don't you know, if you're going to get some preparedness, and then a lot of the preparedness that needs to be taken is the evacuation, especially in the Butte fire, um, came to the western end of the county. And, and that's where uh, the evacuation areas were, uh, although it did go to the fairgrounds, but that ended up just being animals. The people came down to the western end of the county, so you need to include some of that in your preparedness and making sure that um, all the first responders and people that are evacuating during this plan, and we put it out there, that that's the place that's probably going to be the place that you end up going because it's the lower elevation. So just don't don't forget about the western end of the county. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. She's um, okay, I'm a fairly new member of the board, a public member, and so my question's public-oriented. Uh, the first public workshop, how would I, as a member of the public, have found out about that and could be involved in it? And what kind of outreach are you doing to make sure you get good participation in workshop number two? And so there's two-pronged question. Yeah, um, and when I don't know if you want to bring that in that public outreach, especially if it was done for the uh, first public workshop. Uh, yeah, well, for the first public workshop, there wasn't, um, there wasn't an enormous amount of outreach. It was really more of an introduction to, to folks uh, about the work that we're going to be doing, kind of introducing them to the process. And I know that uh, through the PAC and all the stakeholders, we've made them aware of the website that we've set up. Made, made, made who aware how? The, uh, the PAC and the project stakeholders. Uh, we have regular meetings with the PAC, and that gets disseminated out to the, the stakeholders basically through email. Um, so the next meeting, uh, the in-person meeting, that will be uh, very heavily notified. Uh, you know, have an in-person meeting, you want a lot of people to show up, and that's really the meeting where we want people to, now here's what we've come up with, what do you think, what did we miss, you know, let us know. So that next, the second meeting is a really big community outreach event. Okay, so my question is, how are you going to make sure 
that you, you get the attention of the public at large, mm -hmm. not just the major stakeholders that are listed here, but the little people like me and somebody living up where the Butte fire hit and mm -hmm. places like that that might have some very valuable input. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely unrelated thing that we're working with a lot of those communities right now on these clean calibrated signs, monument signs that are going to go up throughout the county. So we are just about to start a series of meetings with each in-person meetings with each of those communities. So those meetings have been set up with community group leaders, and so we can use that same uh, list of people to help spread the word about this uh, the second large meeting that we're going to have for this initiative. Okay, well, that did not get to me or any other members of the public that I know of. Uh, are you going to, are you going are you going to, I'm sorry. That's okay. Are you going to publicize it, advertise it, whatever, in the Enterprise, the, the Valley Springs News or Calaveras News, um, so that it gets to a more general audience? <clears throat> Um, we, you know, how, how would I, uh, if I weren't here, know anything about this? If I could go ahead and interject, um, we have historically, we have public meetings, we'll note that we'll do press releases that hit a lot of the county departments and our contact list, but we also post on our Facebook and we do take out ads and things like the Union Democrat, Calaveras Enterprise, and Valley Springs News previously Excellent. as well. That's what I was trying to get yeah. to. Thank you. Of course. And for the first workshop, we did include it on our Facebook. Um, I think on our website and emails were sent out to a lot of the city and county contacts as well to try and disseminate that information to their and, and getting it in the papers is a big, mm -hmm. big deal. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Supervisor Tofanelli brings up a very valid point. In your presentation and feedback from the public, they're indicating that the worst evacuation route is the, is the Highway 4 corridor, but yet, and, and it's also one of the largest populations in the county. And but yet I it doesn't look like you've had any contact with the fire authority there, the Ebbets Pass Fire District and the chief. Uh, I would think that that would be an important interview or or visit before you finalize this. So for whatever that's worth, because they're not, they're not part of the JPA, are they? That's why I said the JPA. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I'd like to ask Aaron. I think the contact that we were relying on for that is the county OES. I think they communicate most with the, all those local fire districts. So I would ask Aaron, have we um, asked County OES to make sure that we have all those contact lists? I can ask because they're part. I know that they. I can't. Yeah. 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 I know. Sorry, my mic was off. Um, I know that County OES is included in all the email. Communications that we have been doing, but I can make a point to make sure that we're hitting all the fire districts, um, JPAs, Ebbets Pass, all that stuff. Okay. Any other questions from council at the moment or comments? Just a comment from me. I Good. I saw this in the West Point News. There was an article about the preparedness mm -hmm. and how to sign up for this as a lay person. Just a comment. Thanks, Justin. Okay, informational only, but is there any public comment at the moment? Online or in the stands? Um, this is Rebecca What I will say is John Rohrbach, who is our fire chief, and he is um, very 
coordinated with the rest of the fire chiefs in the county from one end to the other. Um, as part of Altova Maloney, he also does a lot of assistance up the highway for corridor and then all the way down um, to Copper. So he, he did a lot of um, information response uh, with regards to this as well. So um, I'm not sure if the if the West End, I don't know how much overlap he does with West End, um, but for sure this side has definitely been taken into consideration with the amount of mutual aid between the City of Angels and Altova Maloney's and Copper Fire. Um, I, th I think it's been a pretty good, solid uh, response from him in his statistics. Thank you. Anybody else? Public comment? Okay, that was an informational only, so thank you very much, you guys. Thank you, John and Rebecca. Thank you. Okay, item number, oops, sorry. Item number 11, report out of closed session. Uh, the council had a closed session on October 5th, 2022, pursuant to government code, section 54957B. No reportable action was taken. Do public comment on that? No. I mean, Melissa kept her job. <laughs> do I have to do a public comment for that? I don't think, okay. Um, item number 12, county and city verbal reports. We'll start with county, since he's walking up already. Good afternoon. Um, I'd like to make a, a comment on the uh, ATP grant. Um, that ATP grant is still, in a way, as far as the funding is concerned, hard for me to still put in my mind because that amount of funding is a tremendous amount of funding. Um, for comparison, for example, Wagon Trail Construction, about 20 million. So to have that, on one of our roads here in town is, is, is unbelievable. It would be beautiful when, they, when we deliver that project. I would like to thank Melissa and Rebecca. If, if you saw what it takes to put together that response to that application, one little question opens up, I don't know, 10, 15 more questions and a lot more work. It's a tremendous amount of work. And um, Rebecca really pulled that off. So there's, we greatly appreciate what you've done, and, and Melissa too, that you, you, you were able to provide the support so that you do that work, the application, all that. It's a lot of work, a lot of hours, and so now it's it's passed on to us so that we can deliver that project. But thank you so much. Without without your support. We wouldn't be here at this uh, point to uh, now be able to put designs and then shovels in the ground. Thank you. It takes a whole team. We got you, Robert. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we appreciate that. Um, now another uh, a report, Wagon Trail. You may have seen the progress on that road. There's pavement on that. Um, we were hoping to put the final lifts of payment is uh, rubberized asphalt that goes on that. The weather's not cooperating with us. 
So it doesn't look like we're going to be able to open that segment of the road for, you know, in, in time for this winter. That was the hope. Um, they worked hard to get to that point, but uh, they're not complete. So we have some work to do in regards to winterizing the project. There's a lot of drainage issues that we need to deal with. So that's ongoing work. Today, unfortunately, there was an accident. There was a, uh, a truck hauling scrap metal that overturned somewhere in between, like close to pool station. It closed the road down for a number of hours. It's been cleaned up. It's moving along, but uh, you know, first storm, who knows what, what contributed to that? A little too fast hitting those curves. And that's the very thing that we're trying to avoid with the new alignment on Wagon Trail. Um, I'd like to bring Kelly up now so that she could give you a debrief on a, on a project that we're working collaboratively with. It was already previously mentioned. I have some flyers for them if you want. Um, I'm just going to speak really briefly about an open house that we have going on. You were talking about community outreach. So um, we're going to be doing this. Um, Clean California Gateway Monument Project, and it's going to hit all seven, well, not all seven, seven communities in Calaveras County. So you'll see on the on the document that is being spread around, um, we're having six open houses in the first two weeks of November, second two weeks of November. Um, and basically what we'll be doing is we'll be kind of rolling out the design for some monuments that we want to place around the county on state highways. There'll be 22 monuments, signage. Um, we're doing some in the City of Angels, as well as throughout the rest of the county. So encourage you to please share this information with your constituents and your friends and neighbors, and get some people to come out for these meetings. Does anybody have any questions? You're going to come? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Also, have any questions for those guys before they leave? Yep. Hold on. I, I do. And Robert I, Wagon Trail. That's I got questions too on that one. Yeah. Um, you talk about winterizing the project in in um, the position we're in right now. I'm very concerned about mudslides because of some of the work that's been done and making sure that we get those secure. So if we don't lose ground when it comes back to March or April or whenever we're going back into the to, to the mode of construction part of it. I'm very concerned because you know there's a lot of, of that situation that could happen out there right now because we're behind not saying anybody's fault because of just things that happened and we had to stop and do other things. But I just have some concerns that where we're at, so. Yes, we have a construction permit through the state for our stormwater uh, permits. Having that permit and just the work that we do with our own specifications and so forth, the contractor is required to do all sorts of erosion control measures, silt fences, the straw waddles, and so forth and so on. So they've done a lot of that work. Of course, it depends now if the seas germinate and they grow on those slopes, all those rocky slopes. And so those are issues that we have to deal with. Um, they're very aware of what they have to do with that, and they have uh, ongoing monitoring. They have to monitor every rainfall and so forth. So 
they've got to watch it and, and be ready to act in case of any uh, anything happens. So, so what you're saying is during the time of shutdown for construction, there will be a monitoring team there after each rainfall and, and seeing what's happened, yes. or even during the rainfall, if it's an extended period, yes. that we may have to go out and have somebody do something. Okay, I'm yes, just concerned. We have to, we have to collect the stormwater samples and check turbidity, yeah. and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on within whenever there's a rain event. Okay. So they'll be ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware because environmental, we need to do the collections and the water. I'm just concerned that we monitor the areas that need to be monitored that could be involved into a mudslide situation that we get behind, maybe even destroy something that we've already worked to get in line. So, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's council questions because I have one for you, Robert. Don't leave just yet. And then I, my question on it is, um, at this time, are we going to try and get ready to go? I know like PG&E, have they moved their lines yet? Or, or are they still, are we still waiting on PG&E to move stuff? So are we proactively getting ready for this spring when we can really go at it? Because we're, we're a few days into this and there's, well, I mean, there's a lot of days left, but I'm just checking to make sure we're getting those, getting ready to go as spring hits. That is the plan. Okay. We we're going to be working with the contractor and all all the personnel to get ready for the coming spring. Um, we're hoping that PG&E will be resolved by then. PG&E is working out there, and it's one step forward, maybe half a step backwards with with PG&E, but that's the way it's been. Um, we're also hoping that the uh, uh, archaeology work is also complete, so that there's no uh, impediment to the contractor to just attacking that other half. Can the cultural keep working during the winter? They're going right now. They are currently working on that now, and the hope is that they will be done before the start of the spring so that there are no impediments to the contractor. Thank you. We, we have the same last year. Thank you, Robert. Did you, we had the same PG&E plan at this time last year, and we don't have much control. Hopefully, they'll work with us, though, and get things moved. So now, we, they have been doing some, but then they go, and then they come back, and yeah. With the rain, hopefully, they, they can't use the excuse that they have to go fight a fire. <laughs> gotcha. So. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Okay. Um, city reports. Um, this is Rebecca. Uh, really, I, I just wanted to piggyback on um, what Kelly and Robert have said. Is uh, you know we're having a, a really great relationship with Cog, um, getting projects funded, and so um, you know I'm, just, I'm very appreciative of Melissa and the Council of Governments uh, working with the city. Um, and we're excited for the next round of projects that we're going to be doing. Uh, the Murphy's Grade Sidewalk Info Project is uh, officially done. We're just trying to get that closed out. Um, as you saw on the uh, agenda today, it was the final voice for State Route 49. So we're closing those up and we're ready to move on to the next steps. And we're really excited um, for the next the next group of projects with Cog. Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Any questions or anything? 
Public comment? Okay. Move on to item number 13, council reports. Start down at 10. We will be doing the laser light show again in White Pines. Initially, it started out as a parade, and then with COVID, it's morphed into a laser light show. It'll be the night after Thanksgiving. This is an international company. It's the same company we had last year, and now we're expecting a huge turnout. We're also going to have some food vendors this time. So. <laughs> okay. Nothing to report. Pat? Nothing really to report. Uh, however, would this be a good place to mention that there's going to be a Christmas parade in Valley Springs? Sure. On de Saturday, December 3rd, um, applications are available off of the Valley Springs Area Business Association website. Um, they get sent to Mr. Tofanelli, who is intimately involved with the ABA, and we're looking for a good turnout. We sure had one last year, in spite of the fact that we put the parade together in such a short time frame. But it was amazing how many people turned out. It was, it was great. It was. End of advertisement. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Um, and I have nothing to report other than I did go to a LAFCO convention, but that's for another committee um, when we meet that I'll report on that. Okay. Um, for me, City of Angels, nothing much to report other than we do have a shop local going on. Um, right now we have businesses that are able to sign up. And for basically every dollar you spend, you get a dollar back. So you spend 100 bucks, you get 200. Um, there's businesses signing up right now. So if there's any businesses in the City of Angels that would like to sign up, please feel free to sign up. And I think we'll start selling those cards sometime around. I think it was November 7th. Can't remember. I have to look on the web page. But it's kind of a fun and interesting shop local idea that we have going in the City of Angels. Good, good idea. Good thing. Yeah. Um, okay, that's council reports, staff reports. Callie, Aaron. I do not have anything to report. Okay. I have uh, my transportation planning report included in your packets. I have nothing to add at this time, but I'm always welcome for questions. Okay. Melissa? Yes, I have a couple items. Um, Sharon Pierce has completed our trucking freight study and data collection. Um, so now we'll be taking that information and developing the uh, trade corridor enhancement program grant application. This grant application is due November 18th. We've already reached out to um, our partners and requested uh, letters of support. So I'm excited that we'll be getting that grant application out um, in November. Uh, legal counsel will be providing an update in December. Um, the, exec the COVID executive order will be coming to an end in, is it January or February? February. Um, so uh, Monica will um, we'll have a discussion in December on how we're going to move forward um, with those items. 
Um, we are on schedule with our annual transportation development uh, audit. So I'm hoping we'll be bringing um, those audits for COG and CTA to you in our December meeting as well. Um, and I think that's all I have. Okay, thank you. Any questions for staff? Okay, at this time then I'd say we move on to item number 15, adjournment. And unless anybody needs a couple minutes, we will reconvene as Calaveras Transit. Everybody good? Okay. Then we will adjourn that meeting and call to order the Calaveras Transit Agency. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, John. Um, call to order and item number one would be consent agenda. Is there any public staff or council that would like to pull anything off of consent agenda? Hearing none, seeing none, I would look for a motion to co approve consent agenda. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Anybody disapprove, same sign? Passes. Next, we move on to regular agenda item number five, public comment, five minutes per person. Comments shall be limited to items that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the council and not on the posted agenda. Government code section 54954-3A. Any public comment online or in the audience? Aaron's shaking her head no. I will close public comment and move on to regular agenda item number six. Presentation of the electric van wrap options for class Z-1 Ford Transit 350E electric vehicle. Right. <laughs> okay. Electric van. This is me again. Um, hi. So, um, I turned it on. CD, our CTA placed an order for a replacement van in the beginning of August, um, which will also be our first electric vehicle. Um, Tuolumne Transit actually had ordered and received the same vehicle and so we're aware that they put um, a nice little kind of symbol or a call out of the fact that it's an electric van so we thought that's a great opportunity uh, to present that kind of same option to you. So we've worked with Transit Marketing who designed our original vehicle wrap um, during our marketing and branding efforts to come up with several options for you guys to review. We do want to keep, of course, our vehicles um, recognizable, so you don't want to alter the design too much, but we want to have this opportunity to call out that it is an electric vehicle. So I have four options uh, for you, and I can make this look better. Hold on. Um, this is option one, maybe. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> so this is option one. So it has our kind of standard graphics, um, our very standard colors with the addition of, you'll see the leaves on the side. Leaves tend to be a kind of standard electric zero emissions kind of symbology. Um, they've put it and then they of course call out zero emissions vehicle. They see that on the top sides and the back um, on the bottom. And then the front of the vehicle is uh, somewhat sloped, but they feel like you'll be able to see that coming um, if it's on coming towards you. So this is option one. Um, we can go through all the options and then if you guys want to discuss or go back and all that kind of stuff, if that helps. Sound good? Okay. Um, option two. This one, instead of saying zero emissions, says clean air in case that's more palatable. And you'll notice the kind of mountain scene at the top. 
that's the same mountain scene that's actually inside of our little C logo. So a way to kind of bring in nature to the whole concept. That's number two. Number three has um, a plug on it. So obviously electric vehicle. And they've taken um, a pretty blue color out of our logo and kind of splashed it across the whole back end of the bus. So it, they'll be different, it'll stand out, but it, you know, it's still subtle enough that they uh, blends in with all of our other wrap designs. So, and then we have a variation on this one. Uh, if the blue on blue is maybe too much, they did uh, a splash across the back in green, but with the blue plug, so now the plug kind of stands out more. I don't know. We're looking for your feedback and what your thoughts are, but take your time and let me know. Justin, what do you got? You were the first one lit up. All right. Are we still going to be able to have uh, advertisements on this vehicle? So we don't currently do advertisements on our vans. Okay. I think we had the Dodge Caravans before. They're quite small. The only place to really put an advertisement would have been windows, which are, again, quite small. And there hasn't been a lot of appetite to put um, actual ads there. Uh, this bus, or this van, excuse me, will be um, somewhat larger. It has more straight sides as opposed to sloped. So it's something... If we wanted to consider, we could, but currently we don't put ads on the vans. So. I like the electric plug versus the leaves. Okay. The electric right. plug versus the what? Leaves. leaves. Oh, the leaves. Yeah. So do you want us to kind of narrow it down first? So I'm, I'm leaning towards three or four. Okay. Can you go back to three? Yeah. To that. To three, you said? Yeah. Which okay. So between, my opinion, between three and four, yeah. I think that four is a little bit brighter. Yeah. And so it's a little bit more visually appealing. Okay. Um, so I would be voting for four if we narrowed it down to those two. Perfect. You would be voting for four, is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. I think that between three and four, because they're very similar, mm -hmm. but the colors um, are a little bit more saturated on four, which I think is more visually appealing. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Perfect. What you got, Gary? <laughs> he's going to be completely up. I wanted to be my favorite, so <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and I will say, I actually thought one was the most visually appealing. They all also. have something They do offer. all have something, yeah. yeah. I will say one or four, either way. I'm yeah. good with four. both. One, one or four for me. Um, yeah, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at four, and it says zero emissions electric bus. That's on the window, correct? Yes. That would end up being on the window. Correct. Okay, I, I'm, open, I'm open for one, one or four, um, but I would just like to say that on the back right there, like that, or yeah. the other one, well, if we could add, you are following a... That's clever. Zero okay. emissions electric oh, bus. Yes, yeah, good play on words. Just so, you know, and then it's... Where you are tailgating. Well, <laughs> 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 and you'll notice on this one, they actually moved the words off of the window because um, at the time they weren't sure if we had ads. So. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's not, you know, I, I just was worried about the view that he has or about her um, from the rear view mirror. Um, if it might be blocking it, even if we add that because it's on the window. The other ones were not on the window, and we could probably add easily add, although we could still add it there. 
somewhere. Um, Just move it off the glass, move it down by the electric plug. Yeah, no, yeah, down yeah. by the electric plug or wherever. It wouldn't have to be on the window, but I'd still like to see those words on there. Okay. You know, electric. prominently so you can see it, you are following an electric bus. So you're saying safety first and not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sa absolutely safety first. Okay. Any other council questions, comments for a second? Did you get enough of a vote? And a I think it's really great feedback. I appreciate you guys checking it out. And of course, we'll let you know as soon as the vehicle arrives. So okay. We're anxiously awaiting it. Any, <laughs> we have been. Any public comment yes. on this item? Okay. Well, we have Cynthia here. If you have any comments on it. Yeah. You... Well, the floor is someone I like the most, too. Oh, well, there you go. Um, the only thing I would suggest is on the hole on the front that we add something. They put it on the other one, but not on that one. You so add I would, I would add the, um, on the hole, the front of it. It's, yeah. I would oh, put correct. calibers connect, and if you want to pull it okay. there, you could, or if you child. do those backwards, they show the people doing the Okay, so yep. please turn your mics on. You realize that nobody on Zoom can hear you, and this is not being recorded if the mics are on. So you're going to have a nice video with exactly. Mine was on. Thank you. Okay, public comments done. Aaron, anything else you need from us, or is that enough direction? That's a plenty of direction. Thank you very much. Okay. Next, we move on to number seven paratransit service. Good evening, good evening. Um, so some exciting things, I think. Um, so if you noticed in my report, I said I had a new team member and then I had a couple last month. Um, we had a return team member just come back and I can say we are fully staffed. Oh. So yay. So that's my happy news. Um, and then our other was um, the Murphy's Witch Walk. It was an amazing event. Um, we had full buses. Um, a lot of people were enjoying. Uh, I actually placed um, Rosie, our supervisor, on one of the buses. I was on another, uh, and we were helping people take pictures and, and just really whooping it up for them. So we had a really good time. It was a wonderful event. Um, so I took a couple pictures, threw them on Facebook so people could see. and. Um, so now we have this weekend, which is the Day of the Dead, and it's usually a pretty uh, um, heavily um, attended event as well. So we're looking forward to that. Oh, and the big one was Arnold. Uh, our dial arrived for Arnold. Uh, we were busy. Uh, we picked up seven here, six there, seven more here, six there, five, and there was 11 at one point. So we were having a really good time with that too. So two buses and we're able to grab two communities and put them together in Murphy. So that's all I have. Perfect. Thank you, Cindy. Okay. Any questions? Oh, and um, the, we do have people that are interested in helping out with the transit for the light, the laser light show. Erin had asked me and I have an application for the uh, Christmas break for us. Great. So we even got little red nose and antlers. Actually, I do have one question. I've seen all of these. We had two puzzles of witches here. 
We did. Yeah, and um, how many spells were cast on the way there? <laughs> I told them it was a spell-free zone. Oh, okay. uh, but they could do all they wanted in Murphy's as long as they checked their broom. <laughs> That's absolutely great. That's wonderful. That's excellent. We had a really good time. Okay. Um, number eight, staff reports. I don't have anything to report. Callie's good. Aaron, you good? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Melissa? Good. Okay. Next, we move on to item number nine, closed session. We're going to need to take a little break. Yep. So we'll give it a few minutes and we'll report back in closed session. Okay. So